Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the CS School podcast. My name's Grace Gupta, and I'm the copywriter here at Customer Success Collective. The objective of this podcast is to speak with CS professionals from all over the world, learning about the hottest topics in customer success by stripping them back to basics and discovering how best to apply these strategies. In this episode, I've been fortunate enough to be joined by Ryan Noakes, Customer Success Manager at Sci360. Sci360 is a leading environmental social governance cloud provider, connecting environmental, health, safety and sustainability, governance, risk, compliance and learning. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Thanks so much, Grace, for having me on. Welcome, listeners. Right. So to kick things off, could you tell me a little bit about your role at Size 360 and how you really got into customer success? Absolutely. Yeah. So currently I'm the customer success manager and I look after clients in both Emir and the US. Now, when I joined, the company has multiple product families. Um, there's four or five of them. I work in the EHSNS space, so that's environmental health, safety, and sustainability. And customer success was new for that product. There was no um, structure, there was no systems, processes set up. So we had obviously, I've got colleagues, and, and we customer success is certainly not new. But but I inherited this list of, of existing customers and picking up the new customers um, as well. And when we kind of kick-started that, of course, comes a lot of different uh, processes that you bring from experiences and, and, and uh, lots of knowledgeable stuff from each individual uh, person kind of complemented in, into one, which is really good. So our product that we deal with was born out of Australia, and that's where our centre of excellence is. Um, but because of that, they've got their own process. So I obviously look after the two regions, which is really good because it means, number one, I only uh, am responsible for the one product. So I can really get to know that product, understand it, learn about it so that I can obviously advise my customers, almost become a kind of trusted advisor and their, their go to guy. Um, not quite as technical as, as obviously the rest of the team, but it helps not being spread thin across multiple products. And the regions work well. The Emir in the US is fine. I, I manage my day and stuff. And, and um, one of the things I've noticed about this job is the different cultures and the different way that, that kind of meetings are approached and, and people's kind of uh, communication styles and stuff. So I've had to adapt a lot, uh, especially virtually. Now, how I got into customer success and how I got into this particular role. So five years ago is when I first kind of broke into customer success. I was working for a health safety um, company, uh, well, food, fire and health and safety consultancy company, actually, which is a little bit of a mouthful. Um, but I was working kind of under the under the safety side of things. And when I got that role, it was based on, I guess, my, my interview skills rather than kind of my experience, because the role that I went for was a uh, compliance records advisor. So imagine uh, the, the business, as I said, consultancy, very focused on food safety, less so on health and safety, even less on fire, I guess. Main customer bases were hospitality. Uh, 95% were hospitality. Again, pretty much 
95% in the UK. Cafes, bars, hotels, restaurants, etc. All of them have to record things like temperature checks and uh, fridge temperatures and their compliance records and, and cleaning schedules, etc. So we as a business produced paper diaries to, to kind of fill in all that. And they needed somebody to, to produce, produce those records. I am not in any way, shape or form an environmental health officer. I have no degree or qualifications. Uh, I mean, I could probably tell you <laughs> a few uh, stories from the inside, but I certainly wouldn't know uh, yeah, all yeah. the legislations and the legal. But as I said, I approached that interview with the fact that it's it's doing a job that I could do, regardless of my background. Anyway, got the job, did it, loved it. And I was very successful at it for, for 18 months, nearly two years. But what I realized is I actually made that role something completely different to what it was at the start. I actually, by the end of it, was starting to incorporate face-to-face meetings with my customers where we would talk through their, their requirements. I was joining Project Kickoffs as the, the kind of representative from the business from a compliance side. I was doing virtual meetings in which I was actually sharing my PDF in which we used to make the annotations and clients would walk me through the, the kind of changes. And all of this sort of kind of stuff that I was doing that, that, that made that role much more customer focused than it was just uh, configurations or, or, or annotations, probably a better word. So internally, a customer success role opened up, uh, a CSE, customer success executive, under the group of individuals that were both project managers. There was a few people from support in there. They needed somebody. And actually, the initial role was an onboarding advisor. So we, as a business, used to have quite a, a, a high number of new customers per week. And for the first kind of three to six months, depending on everybody's journey, of course, they would be allocated essentially what is a project manager, uh, but they would be allocated that for the first kind of however long, as I said, mm-hmm. to take them through that onboarding process. So when that role opened up, and this is what I would kind of advise to anybody that's looking at kind of breaking into customer success or looking at kind of transitioning, look within yourself and kind of do a bit of self-reflection in terms of what your skills are. Because what I realized at that point is I am actually doing customer success just in a different role. So what what that role was and what that kind of level of attention to detail and a a level of care understanding Mm -hmm. the customer signing things off understanding deadlines managing timescales managing departments I was doing that in my compliance records role because Mm -hmm. of course everything in that I was liaising with printers I was liaising with our graphic designers and as I've just kind of shared with your listeners what I was doing in terms of my customer focused part so I thought I'm ticking all the boxes and yeah, I'm an absolutely yeah. wonderful guy as well to top it off. No, joking. Uh, so I thought, let's go for it. And clearly I was successful. And I transitioned over. And I think, again, I, I managed to transition really smoothly because of what I've just said there, because I identified my skills already. So obviously I put myself forward. I probably would have put myself forward anyway if I didn't do that self-reflection. But I didn't find it challenging breaking into customer success because I I understood 
what is required. I learned quite a lot about the industry uh, and the, the way that we were operating before I obviously started so that I can mould what I was already doing into that into that kind of position. And I think that was a really smooth transition. Now, we weren't doing customer success as as, as good as we are now at, at Sci360. And I guess it was a bit of a strange role. As I said, it was a bit of a project manager role without kind of the title. We used to do a lot of um, weekly status reports. So we used to do a lot of kind of stakeholder management. I used to help out on support. We used to do one day on the on the support desk and, and answer support tickets and stuff. So time comes to an end, as always. I did that for two years. Um, luckily, when we left, our job roles were changed to customer success executive rather than onboarding. Uh, because I will say an interesting thing that I noticed as I went through my career, not many places, companies, people, recruiters really know what onboarding are. It, it's not a role that I've heard of, like an onboarding specialist. I don't think I've ever seen that in any of my connections. Um, I mean, onboarding as a process is known. Are they in non-SAS businesses, though, would you say? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. So we we were we were actually a combination of both. We had a software system as well. So we were physical products. But when we transitioned over, when I transitioned over into customer success, I was um, looking after an application that had five key elements for hospitality. So things like audits, training, fire, risk assessments. Um, and yeah, obviously, since then, I've worked in SaaS companies and stuff. But it's just interesting that when you look at the world of, of kind of customer success and the opportunities, you don't see roles dedicated, I guess, to actually managing that part. A lot of customer success does and do handle onboarding. Mm -hmm. Obviously, project managers handle projects and will hand over at some point. But I've not seen a role where you have a specific named person no, yeah, I to can't bring a customer, yeah, to bring a customer in sort them out get them enabled get them that kind of ultimately the enablement is the key and then we pass them on mm. as in well so it sounds so varied and I think it kind of brings me on to a few of my, my next questions really like I think you know I think generic you know generically we think of customer success we think onboarding we think churn we think retention feedback and these all you know these are all the kind of the usual suspects that people you know associate with CS would say but um and obviously nailing these processes is like so critical to providing value for your customers. But, and I know speaking from experience, I'm sure you as well, you know, in 2022, like, you know, customers don't want to feel like they're being either sold to or marketed <laughs> at or, no. you know, and the same applies with CSM's interactions with the customers, you know, I think so, so to perform these processes, you know, well, and, you know, execute them well and hit your KPIs. I think, I think, what you've touched on there is like really interesting because CSMs need to draw on everything in their remit to stand out yeah. and be able to provide outstanding customer experiences and stand out from their competitors. So definitely. So and I think, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I really, you know, was so keen to have you on the podcast was because, you know, I think a brilliant way to do this. And I think is like to be able to reflect on the bank of resources you've accumulated yeah. and to excel in customer success. And that's really through transferable skills um Definitely. so so my official first question would be what key transferable skills can you bring to a customer success role and you know how can it help you in your daily work like with 
whether it's you know segmenting your customer base or onboarding or curating feedback churn management you know you know so sort of two questions in one really like you know what key transferable skills are there and also um you know did in your experience what came naturally to you due to the skills you picked up before yeah so i think what's interesting about about this and before i answer i'll tell you a little bit more about my journey because actually what what you realize is that in customer success and out of customer success i picked up a lot of skills that i use even now so that was my first break into cs i then moved to a role that i did for 18 months which to be honest was 17 and a half months too long because it wasn't really my fit and the reason being is that it was a joint between a customer success and an account management type role i.e we actually were directly responsible for renewals as in yes csms now in the working world that we live in influence renewals and of course happy customers stay longer etc all the cliches but we were physically negotiating contracts and stuff now for me that's just two worlds apart. You can't be the happy, jolly guy that tells them about the product updates and, and holds their hand through adoption and then also kind of convince them to, to return um, for another year or three years or whatever. And then, obviously, leading to where I am now, again, completely different in terms of the way that work and the meetings that I do. This is true CS, what I do now, which is, which is really good. But you can see there in the space of five years, I've done so much. I've done a bit of project management. I've done a bit of account management type thing. I've done this. I've done that. So for me, when I was looking at breaking into CS and and and, I, and I've look, I've connected with so many people in my four to five years of doing it, and I and I say the same to everybody. Number one, first and foremost, is empathy. You're not born with that. Uh, sorry, you're not. That's not. A, you are born with that. I should say that's not a teachable skill. Uh, and actually, a lot of customer success is is a natural skill set that you have as a person so empathy above all is something that if you if you're in a current role that isn't customer success and you are able to put yourself in that customer's position understand their situation and really empathize again without using the word too strongly to get a solution now you could be in a call center you could be uh kind of customer facing in a in a retail role you could be in hospitality but if you can understand that when a customer isn't quite happy or or there is a frustration um within one of your customer bases if you can understand why and you can obviously put that human touch then that's a very very transferable skill the other thing as well is what we keep referring to in this conversation about being customer focused and customer facing and ultimately is putting the customer first now, throughout my career, I've always kind of worked in and around customers. And I actually, last year, was lucky enough to do a virtual um, talk to Abingdon and Whitney College on transferable skills. Nothing specifically for customer success. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to inspire the business students there that no matter what you do at any stage in your career, even if you think this is the most pointless and boring job that you're ever going to have, 30-year-old me is using some of those skills. So I remember my first job as a waiter and people, or I mean, I've been a waiter, I've been a barman, I've been a chef, I've been a cleaner. I've I've ran a cafe in Sydney. I'm I'm a trained barista. I mean, I could go on. And you never think when you're 17 years old, oh, I forgot to say I was an ice cream man for about 
six months of a season as well. You would never think yes, as a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would never think as a as a waiter in a in a fish and chip restaurant that you're gonna need those skills later in life. But actually understanding the customers, learning to to interact with them, um, you're putting on a show. You're you you're uh, the, the the balance actually between the back of the house and the front of the house and this is what's really interesting in customer success this is one of the the first things that I transferred over was that ability to be able to have a conversation in the air quotes back of the house your chef has just said we've not got this dish or we're running late on this and then to be able to walk out on the floor smiles on and communicate that to your customer in the hope that they still continue and they enjoy their meal, because of course that's what we're there for. We want to make it a pleasant experience and they return. That is exactly sometimes what us as a CSM has to do. We have very challenging and difficult situations. I personally am always transparent and open with my customers. I have a really good relationship with people. They trust me. So I can actually push the line maybe a little bit in terms of what I say. Uh, obviously, the company stance is always the company stance, but I can actually tell them straight. But what I mean is to be able to have the ability to be able to listen to one thing internally, communicate that externally. Translate yeah. Yeah, yeah, translate it while still having the customer's um, experience, again, waiter eating at hand. So that would that would be another one. And then throughout, obviously, you've got all your other things. Time management, okay, is a, is a massive transferable skill. And I would be extremely surprised if any of the listeners listening to this now would tell me that at any point in their role, they do not do time management or something to do with productivity in their current skill set, because everybody does, no matter what role you are in. And again, I refer to kind of being a chef, for example. So Imagine this. I'm in Australia, Sydney, Australia for a year. Um, we have the commuter. So I'm in this little village. You've got the city and there's the commuter traffic, not on buses or, or taxis or on ferries because there's the, the water and you go into the key. So there is this little kind of restaurant, cafe, bar type thing down at the wharf. And you're hitting commuters in the morning. And of course, you've then got your your kind of daytime trade with with your stay at home kind of parents and the kids when it's when it's the holidays and stuff and I went down for coffee I, I uh, to learn and and kind of do the coffee side of things because I said I was a trained barista the guy who ran it said you fancy learning the back and 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 I've done a little bit of cooking in the past I used to be a breakfast chef in my early days and I said yeah of course I'll learn the menu did the menu within a couple of weeks he threw me the keys and said look you and Ellen that's it. You open up every day. She did the coffee. I did the food. But learning to actually adapt yourself to that situation when you've got orders being yeah. thrown in. Stressful situation, of course. But it's all about prioritization. And it's all about time management. But it's all about routine as well. And that's another thing I say when I talk about kind of transferable skills. It's that routine. I personally uh, was not in any way affected by working from home. A lot of people got got kind of put out of their kilter. They didn't quite understand what this environment is. I was fine because I learned to uh, have a routine. 
at a work-life balance. I can shut the door physically and metaphorically. But even in my work schedule, for example, I, um, I buffer my meetings. I try and finish in five, 10 minutes uh, to give the client back. The immediate half an hour after a client meeting, I block out my diary to type up notes and do all my admin because we need to up, update Salesforce and we need to send them over the slide deck and we need to follow up on minutes and stuff. Now, if I don't do that, I'll be back to back to back. So I do that. I buffer it. I block my lunch out, for example, so I, I don't have meetings put in. And all this kind of time management stuff, I've always done. I've always blocked out my lunch in any role. When it, Even when I was 18 and I was an admin assistant, for a care company, I used to manage my diary in that way. I would put tasks in, task management, to-do lists, whatever you use. That's definitely key for customer success because if you're dealing with a project or if you're dealing with, with, with a customer and you've just got off a client call, you need to be able to, to respond in a timely manner but also actually work your kind of schedule around what you're doing next. And I mean, how many of us have back-to-back meetings and then at the end of the day you've got three four hours of notes to take and stuff like that so i think time management prioritization all of that is 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 definitely a skill and i think what i would say kind of just to end my answer is that really if you if you look at the core skills of a customer success manager one of the the key most really is is relationship building and, and obviously being able to actually know the customer and and when i say that i mean know them as a as a person not just as a business or a statistic i like to get to know my customers at a really deep level i and and you you will hear ted talks on this and you will hear various cx specialists talk about actively listening active listening and the and the and the, the method and the process of listening and picking up on little things and there's a there's a great guy called um, Gavin Scott actually who who does the um, Gold Dust podcast who I was lucky to be on and he's wrote a book and in that he talks about picking up on the gold dust in conversations and that I sort of have always adopted that and in in any role again hospitality or or, or retail or admin you understand that if you're having a rapport with a customer you want to get to know them outside of what you need to deliver in that meeting so if somebody says to me that they've just moved house then on that next meeting I'm going to say I hope the move went well how are you liking your new place and it's those subliminal things I mean a lot of people say calling people by their name even is 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 understanding that you've listened and you can you can do it but it's things like understanding different cultures so as I said to you at the start I have customers in the US and I make a conscious effort to say good morning when it's my afternoon. And that means a lot to them because that means that you're actually addressing them. If there's nine of them and one of me, it's morning. It's not afternoon. Or understanding where they are in the world. And yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so for example, a couple, a couple of months ago, um, when I, I have a lot of customers over in, the, in Texas, in, in the US, we were having our heat wave in the UK. Um, but I, again, learning kind of their environment and, and where they're based and stuff, I knew that they were they were having the sort of temperatures that we were for every single day for months on end. So uh, we were talking and I, I remember picking up on something that they said once because they obviously referred to things in Fahrenheit. So they said 101, I think, Fahrenheit. 
yeah. every single day. Mm. So when I spoke to them again, colleagues and customers, a couple of weeks ago, I obviously remembered that. So when I was explaining our heat wave, I was saying, oh, yeah, we were at 90 whatever Fahrenheit, which I know is nothing like you. Check in, how, how are you getting on and stuff? So it's about understanding the customers and, and having that rapport um, and having that kind of relationship. But I think the thing for me, and I'll end this point here, is that customer success skill set, yes, you can teach certain methods and processes and ways to work within different organizational structures. But ultimately, I think you are a natural CS, whatever you want to be, leader, CSM, CSC. You're, you're naturally drawn to customer success or any sort of kind of customer experience type role. And I think if you are born with those skills, you will kind of quickly identify when you're transferring over that actually I may be doing a certain role, but a lot of the qualities, not skills, a lot of the qualities that people look for in a CSM, I already have because that's just me. Yeah, I really, really like that. I like what you talked about, you know, adapt, you know, adapting and the you know the personal touches in customer success and I think yeah on that adaptability point I'd like to kind of segue a little bit into sort of a different area of transferable skills if that's okay so like Mm -hmm. more and more we're seeing discussions about um, cross-departmental collaboration with people you know people are sick of working in silos and that's great but I think you know, as well as working closely with another department, there are some really key, really valuable lessons to be learned from the way other teams work as well. And so we, in our latest report, the State of Customer Success, we found out that, you know, of all the CS professionals we surveyed, 78.8% of CS departments tend to work closely with sales, which isn't a huge surprise. Um, and 72.9% work closely with their product team. So, you know, CS is obviously an outcomes-based business strategy and does have a close relationship with sales and product teams. But, you know, traditionally sales have a bit of a bad rap for being, I don't know, <laughs> for any sales, sales people and the, and the listeners, but, you know, and a bit money-driven. And I think it's probably a bit unfair to, to assume that. It's a bit of an outdated uh, sort of stereotype. But, but if, if you humour me a bit, like, in what ways do you think you adopt skills from your colleagues internally? Mm-hmm you know, for a CS role, you know, regarding renewals, like upselling, uh, cross-selling, uh, or just, no, it doesn't even have to be sales related, but, you know, are there any ways that you're, you kind of, um, you know, you adapt and you emulate the sort of transferable skills from other departments? Great question. And it's a really good point you make around having different departments that you need to collaborate with. I'll say one thing to start off, and that's voice of the customer. Because what you need to do, and you always have to have it at the forefront of your mind, is that as a customer success department, we're here to ensure um, the smooth delivery. We are here to ensure ongoing adoption. We are to uh, kind of engage with them to get their feedback um, so that we can identify risks early and we can flag them with the business. But ultimately, we then need to be able to actually advocate for that customer and I use that term a lot. I, when, I, when I do a kickoff with my customers, I say to them, I'm your champion within the business. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm here to get you the best experience you possibly can do out of the product and the service. But I also say I'm your advocate because if you've got a concern or if you've got feedback, good, bad, indifferent, I'm going to be able to, with what I've just said before, because I understand you and your business and I can picture, and I've got a great story that I'll just quickly go off subject a little bit because it's a really good story. I have a, a customer who I won't name, but they're a construction company um, and they're based in Europe and they've got mobile uh, adoption. Um, and, and we were talking, as we do, about feedback. And he did what I love to do myself and, and what I love with my customers because we were talking about the challenges that the end user was having with their, with their mobile uh, application and, and the adoption of it. And he said to me, We've got a project out in deep winter. We're in there. You've got a concrete layer. You've got a carpenter. You've got et cetera, et cetera. Open to the elements. They're wrapped up. It's freezing cold. They're getting their app out and it's not loading. How frustrating is that? So they put it back in their pocket and they lay the concrete. Now. He obviously went into a lot more detail and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is, I visualized that situation. I empathize, I kind of empathized with him as I would anyway, but I, I visualized that person. And he obviously went into more details about the type of person they are and why adoption may be uh, a struggle because maybe, let's say, English isn't their first language and, and the application's in English or they're not particularly tech savvy or that the application is too small and we need to make the UI big, or whatever, whatever, loads of feedback, great. The point is, I can imagine being stood on top of the building with no walls, no ceiling, in minus 10 degrees, trying to lay concrete. And So you get my point. So, understanding the situations. Um, and, and back to your question in terms of what we were saying. I think it's about, first of all, yeah, as we said, the voice of the customer. So you, you, you have to understand that you need to have a really good relationship with your other departments because what you're actually going to be doing is you're going to be advocating. Now, it's not just I've had a conversation with Mr. X and he has said this because your product team, your sales team, your services team, your marketing team are just going to go, great, thanks. It's actually, hey, guys, I've just had a conversation and you're now explaining it in your way. In my experience, I've seen this. This is with other customers. Perhaps we do this, et cetera, et cetera. So relationship building. And as we said, in terms of sales, you really need to have that strong relationship because, of course, ultimately, commercially, things could be at risk if that customer is, is, is unhappy or frustrated. So you need to be able to do that. In terms of skills and, and adapting your skills, one of the things that I would say, and this is why I'm kind of really, really pleased that I'm in a particular place in my career and in this role, because we at Side 360 do it right, do customer success right, in the sense that we've got an account management team that actually invest time and effort into the customer journey and not just when there is kind of money to be made but we obviously also as customers test don't have that responsibility to um commercially have that relationship 
So when we do a kickoff, we meet a new a business administrator or, 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 or a primary contact. We make it crystal clear that Ryan is your CSM. He is the person that is ultimately your day-to-day contact. He cares about your ongoing adoption. He's there to have feedback. Your account manager, of course, still cares about your ongoing adoption, but that is when you draft them in when there's a commercial, when your renewal is coming up, when there's new stuff. But they are still going to be in these meetings. So if we have a monthly health check with our customers, the account manager's in that monthly health check. So what we tend to do is bounce off each other. So we, I personally don't tend to adapt my skills because I know they're going to pick it up. But the key bit is that we collaborate, and that's the thing. So before the meeting, uh, there's a particular colleague who's fantastic in terms of her collaboration. She's based in the UK, which makes it easier. And she always puts an internal prep meeting in before our, our meeting. Right. And we will discuss the agenda. We will discuss what we're going to discuss. That sounds weird. We're going to discuss what we're going to discuss. Uh, but the other thing is, with her in particular, we don't really need that meeting, actually, because we talk so much. Because So I know she sent an SOW out. The PO's delayed. I know that the, like it's not my responsibility, but I know. Same with her. Other account managers, again, loop me in or we have a monthly meeting and I say, hey, where are you up with your portfolio? Give me an FYI. But we always collaborate. Um, So for me, I think it's not about adapting the skills in terms of learning. I think it's about having a really, 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 however many really you want to say, strong relationship with your internal departments so that they actually listen when you are feeding back. It's about having collaboration with your key departments that you that you need to feed into your customer meeting. And when it comes to account management, sales, anything money related, which nobody ever wants to talk about, it's about having that um, preempt kind of conversation that, okay, what comes up now in this next health check isn't going to be a surprise to me as the CSM. And I know that they're going to be responsible. So obviously, when you're dealing with customers, you need to, to understand that we can bounce off each other. We obviously have that collaboration, as I said, and stuff. So I do sort of adapt my style because, yes, I've got the business uh, in, the, in the front of my mind, as in I care about their smooth transition and their adoption. But I've got SA360 in the back of my mind because I want to grow the customer base. And I do want to kind of ensure. But what I do is I don't just say, oh, hey, we've got these wonderful new things. Please spend more money. I say, because I know you in a business at a deep level and I understand you, your people, how you operate, your processes. I think this new thing or this extra thing genuinely could be of interest or might help you, might speed up processes. Do you want to see a demo? Great, here's your account manager. And that's sort of the, 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 the bit that I can swoop in with the jolly, happy, here is all my knowledge and my best practice yeah. advice. And then the account manager can swoop in with, Here's how much it's going to cost. I know you're going to hate me, but please can you spend more money. So boundaries then, really. Boundaries. Yeah. You have to have the boundaries. And the reason why you have to have the boundaries is, I referred to my previous role, where I was both. You lose all respect from the customer if you are the same person. Yeah. You lose that credibility and you lose trust. So respect, credibility and trust. If we don't have them, well, A, who are we as a business and B, how can we be as to say SM? And I remember the struggle that I had when I was the customer success manager, I would literally be on a product demo 
because I mean we used to do a lot more demos in that role than I do here I'd be demoing something I'd be doing all this and then I literally would be ringing them up mid-month and saying okay just let you know your renewal is coming up uh, we need to negotiate the contract there's been a three percent inflation increase duh, duh, duh. and they're like what who are you how can you how can you or do you not care what I said I told you that we're doing this or we're doing that or this doesn't work and it's like well I need you yeah boundaries just ultimately so the boundaries for us but boundaries for the customer so that they don't burden me with stuff they don't burden the account manager but if we don't collaborate then we're surprised when things come up so it's about collaboration it's about bouncing off the the conversation and also it's about having such a relationship with your account managers and your sales team that you can if need be pick the conversation up so if they're struggling you can go oh actually that's coming out in 2022.2 at the end of november just to let you know and then helping out absolutely love that i think yeah i mean it's such an important topic i think collaboration i think we are seeing more of it but um i think either people you know it can be done better and I think well, you've, you've hit the nail on the head really with the way you sort of well-defined uh swim lanes essentially um Definitely. if okay so some of our listeners you know might be you know seasoned CS leaders and you know wanting to maybe meditate on their own skill sets and you know reflect and you know what kind of transferable skills you know they have to offer but a lot of our listeners might be actually wanting to break into the CS space and you know either there might be a non-SAS businesses or there might be you know or there might be might be account managers or you know salespeople. but if what would your sort of top tip be for somebody wanting to break into the CS uh, yeah CS landscape Talk to me. No. <laughs> Connect with me. Talk to me. No, I'm joking. Um, number one. Number one, have a look at what you're doing, obviously. Uh, uh, but but, but, do, but a couple of things you need to do. First of all, you need to understand a variety of different CS roles. Okay, so if you are wanting to break in, look at uh, different job descriptions because people do something slightly different. Look at the responsibilities. Um, five, ten, whatever. Get a sample pool of them and then you will notice that there will be a theme running through so some people might be responsible for doing x y and z but there's always a theme running through identify that theme and then that's when your self-reflection can really happen because if you can't really picture yourself doing that theme across all of them the standard stuff like we said like the relationship building in the the, the the collaboration with internal departments and the voice of the customer and uh, risk rating and all that, then obviously, you, you know, there's no point looking at other particular transferable skills because you've not got the core. Yeah. I definitely would obviously use the resources you have on LinkedIn. There's a lot of really great customer success groups. There's a lot of people like myself that are more than happy to have virtual coffees with people and kind of explain that. Learn it from a real person's point of view because job descriptions sometimes don't show you everything. So learn about what it is, what the challenges are. And what I would kind of ultimately do is break down the role that you're doing. Okay. If you if you were to think about it, if you were to list it on your CV or on LinkedIn, you were to bullet list it. Think about every particular responsibility that you're that you're currently doing every role that you're you're serving hats that you're wearing 
and think about customer first. So think about each action and think, okay, so like me, for example, well, I'm doing face-to-face meetings for the, for the compliance records. Well, why, why did I start doing that? Because I was fed up of ringing people and then things getting lost in conversation and translation. For me, it was easier and I was providing a better experience for my customers. If I said, hey, look, your restaurant's just around the corner, I'll come to you or you come to me. What do you need? Here's a template. Okay, well, you don't. So you've got 10 fridges. Great, so we need 10 of them. You've got uh, two levels. Okay, so you're actually going to need a diary on each level. Do you know that? That's legal requirement done. Okay. And you're talking, you're generating the conversations. So think about what you do. What, so you're set aside your skills. That's two, two separate things. Skill set, that's one thing. Identify what they are and the core things. But then think about your responsibilities. Break it down into what is customer facing and how that can be kind of customer oriented. And then think about, well, why do I do that? Or what's that process behind that? And then what you might realize is if you are looking at obviously breaking into CS, you will realize that I might be doing one completely random different thing to a CSM, but I am doing X that's customer facing because I want to achieve Y. I am doing A because I care about the customer's opinion that's going to generate B. I started getting feedback from the customer so I then start up an internal meeting with so-and-so, blimey, I'm doing CS. So that's what I would do. Separate the two, have a think. And to be honest, something that I'm noticing over the last kind of 12, 18 months, a lot of people are transitioning into CS with completely zero background in customer success. And that's because if you are born provider, of really good customer service and you care about giving your customers the best experience and ultimately helping them achieve what they need to achieve with a product or a service, then you can kind of easily pick up a CS role. Absolutely love that. And I, you know, I hope if any of our listeners have a job interview coming up soon, I hope they've jotted that down because that was absolutely (laughs) spot on. Thank you. Um, Time really isn't on our side here, Ryan, and we might have to wrap things up. But um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks for so much coming on this podcast. It's such an important topic. You know, not I mean, yes, for CS, but also just I think people people in any kind of industry, any role, you know, if they're having a moment of, you know, evaluation, and I think it's so important to look at what actually, what have you got, what you know, yeah. and what you do. And I love how you, you know, you uh, spoke about that in terms of column, you know, that like you've got what what, I, what your skill set are and what you do. I think that's just really, yeah. that's really important. Because um, I think when you nail your transferable skills, I think it does open up a world of possibilities. And Definitely. The internal progression or, you know, changing in, you know, moving into the CS sort of uh, industry. But Oh, absolutely, yeah. Also your customers as well. Your customers, is it, you know, yeah. it's it's important for them as well. So, but before, um, before, before we end things, um, you mentioned this before, you know, I'm sure some of our listeners, have, you know, you've piqued their interest. So if they want to reach out and speak more about, transferable skills um what's the best place for them to find you linkedin definitely i'm i'm a i'm an absolute um huge believer that there is a a benefit in linkedin 
I have only had it a few years. I was late to the party. Um, but the amount of things that have come from LinkedIn that I've done, I've been featured in reports. I've been on podcasts. I've had conversations with people. Countless things have come from connecting and 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 learning and um yeah. I've done might even be a judge at, at some awards and loads of crazy stuff so yeah definitely LinkedIn do do please reach out I am actually genuinely uh more than happy to kind of speak with people and, and help them identify what those skills are because I think one of the things that I focused on in the last 12 months is personal development as well so things like, um, and I've done this now maybe four or five times, I've helped a lot of people utilize LinkedIn uh, a lot more. So, so make sure they've got a really rich profile so that they can both subliminally advertise who they work with, but also bring up that personal development. Because that's another thing as well when you're breaking into CS roles. It's about putting yourself out there, making yourself known and stuff. So if anybody needs any help, if anybody needs any advice, wants to hear my story again, how I got into it, what I do, hit me up on LinkedIn. Let's connect. I'm more than happy to sit down with you and and, and we can go through it because I think now is the time, especially post-COVID, a lot of people are starting to think about their careers and a lot of people are starting to think about moving. And for me, the number one of anything is, as I said, customer first. If you want to be that person that's putting that customer first, there's, as you said, umptious opportunities out there. So it's about finding your fit. Um, and I'm sure the listeners listening to this have probably already looked within themselves and thought, do you know what? Actually, yeah, Ryan's right. I could do X, Y, or Z because I'm already sort of doing that. And it should come naturally. If if you're finding it really difficult, if you're if you're having to really search, oh, do I have that skill or do I do that? Then you, you, you're going to struggle. But if you're sat there thinking, yeah, do you know what? This is just a CSM role wrapped up in a different uh, title, different position, different industry. You're halfway there and I'll help you push over. Um, but it's been absolutely wonderful. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank I you. do talk a lot. So I do know no, this is going to be a long episode, but I hope that I've shared some really good insights and, 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 I'm, and I'm absolutely... Um, honored and privileged to do all of the work I do with you guys um, I'm, I'm so happy that I was recognized as CSM to watch out for in this year 2022 I've just contributed to the report that you mentioned and I think you guys are doing absolutely wonderful stuff and I also would say anybody that is wanting to break into CS definitely check you guys out because the stuff you put out there is really going to help them because that's the other thing learn uh, learn 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 personal development because that's going to help you throughout your career as well so attend the webinars get the white papers i mean i've got loads of blogs i set an hour aside every week for personal development where i watch a video or i or i do blogs and stuff and you guys are always in my list that i tell people about oh thanks for that ryan really appreciate that all right then take care ryan thanks so much bye thanks for tuning in Be sure to check out our other episodes and go to customersuccesscollective.com for even more customer success related content. You can also join our global community on Slack and you can find the link to that on the CSC website. But until then, see you next time.